I'm Mike Vardy. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepasswordcom slash ProductiveConvo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now... You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. And this is the Productivityist Podcast. Welcome to the Productivityist Podcast. I am Mike Vardy, your host. 
the founder of Productivityist and Productivity Strategist. I'm also a husband, father, getting ready for dinner here as we're recording this intro. But I wanted to get this out here, gift wrapped especially for you. The This is Christmas Day as, as this is released. So for those of you that celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas. Uh, and And... I wanted to have a discussion with myself and another person who's really enthusiastic about productivity, and Simon Tyler definitely, definitely, definitely fits the bill. He's the author of two books, The Impact Code, and let's see, the other one is The Simple Way. Simple to remember, The Simple Way. So The Impact Code, 50 Ways to Enhance Your Presence and Impact at Work is his latest book. He's got 50 short but powerful ways to raise your impact level in business. It's, it's you know, he... We had a really great conversation. Uh, I'm I'm just going to dive into it. Let's just share this gift with you right now. Here is my discussion with Simon Tyler uh, from from the UK, uh, a productivity strategist extraordinaire here on the Productivityist Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to the Productivityist Podcast. This week, I have Simon Tyler with me. Simon, thanks so much for joining me on the show. Thank you, Mike. So you've got a couple of books out, uh, and. What I what I like about your I mean I've I've spent some time on your website of course we'll have a link to this in the show notes but the thing you focus on isn't just you know um y- you're really focusing on the impact and not just impact but precise impact that people can have uh, can you can you kind of explain to some of, to the listeners out there I mean they've heard of impact before and they've heard you know like oh I want to have an impact on you know my family on my work on but let's let's get to that precise part let's get to that precision how how do you define that and how do you help people kind of get that precision when it comes to impact okay uh, and actually the journey of me getting the book out and on pen to paper or fingers to keyboard is exactly probably as I'm just about to describe and this is the impact um, code that we're ta- we're talking the about impact right now. Code, exactly yeah. so Having had the the first book was out, Simple Way was out, and my publisher said, you know, what's coming next? What's next? And it didn't take long before I realized what I was being called to be involved in to help people or teams or when I speak at conferences, the consistent word was impact. And in business journals, I was just suddenly, you know, when a word just grabs you, you suddenly now see it. Yeah. And it's, I can't stop seeing it. It's impact. It's impact. <laughs> it was, I realized that that's what they, I was in court, called to do. And in, in one particular client where they can access all sorts of coaches, the, the company that f- sought out the coaches would always turn to me and say, Simon, we've got this person, we've got this lady, this man, and they want to work on their impact. And it was always coming to me. I thought, okay, well, I can't ignore this message anymore. Clearly, my hill I need to stand on for at least the few next few years is about impact and every few weeks I would write what I have glibly called a simple note that goes out to my subscribers through my website and it would be a page three or four minutes worth of a read always trying to keep it pragmatic and useful about rethinking the way you go about work and being more efficient so what I did is I shifted all of these simple notes about two years ago to being impact notes. And through 2014, when I was putting the book together, it's in essence, that was what I, I worked on. And I, I suddenly put more uh, appropriate glasses on just to look around and think, what am I involved in that is having an effect with people, that is enhancing their impact? And then I studied in my own head and at my desk, so nothing um, scientific necessarily, but just studied the people I'd worked with and how their impact had shifted. And as a result, I spotted 
five aspects, if you like, that always come up when it comes to impact. And I can talk about those if you want sure, to. Sure, yeah, please dive into um, those. And, and, and almost the process of how impact comes about, how, how enhanced impact by design, how that happens. So if I was to talk about the five first, five aspects, I noticed, and, and they all link up, and some people have one of the five brilliantly, and the other four are not really there. Um, but when all five of these come together, wow, it's people are irrepressible. So the first one, rather obviously, is visual, which is what do people look like? Are you – it's in the social interactions, on or clearly on websites too, in terms of your image on, online, your visual impact isn't necessarily about looking smart all the time. It's about being consistent with who you are. It's about all of the nuances of how you come across visually – that's consistent with everything else you do. Second one is about presence. What do you like when you're in the room? Are you quiet, gentle? Are you noisy? Are you outrageous? Whatever it is, nothing is right, nothing's wrong. Arguably, it's consistency that does it. Third one is connection. How do you connect to people, and who are you connected to? So I know I see that in my in my clients. That ah, the people who have impact seem to be webbed quite literally they're connected to more people or they're connected to a group of people that become part of the impact that they 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 have fourth one is verbal impact and for verbal i guess you could also say what people write the words they use the phrases and their expressions their the subtlety or the blatancy of the way they speak and then the fifth one is the footprint. What is it like when the when people when the leader leaves the room? Do people talk about them or do they not talk about them? Is the atmosphere up, down, indifferent? Are people whipped up? Are they calmed down? Again, nothing's right, nothing's wrong. It's just if all of those are consistent and come together, people have impact. That was a long answer, Mike, to the question. <laughs> you know what, what I, I found interesting? We talked about the visual one right off the top. Is that you, you, and consistency seems to be the thing that, that that's prevalent through all of it, right? I mean, you want to be consistent across all four of those, or five of those, rather. But the the visual one is, is if you, I, I think that if you present yourself visually in a way consistently, then do you find that it leads to the other ones a little bit better? Yeah. Like because it's it's more innate. Does that does that make sense? Or at least you're you're focusing on it a little bit more, so these other four aspects, these other four components, can come in a lot easier, or at least they're with less friction. Yeah, absolutely. And that's it's the friction. Sometimes you want a bit of a connection and then maybe a little bit of early friction, but come back to that. But you're exactly right. Visual impact and consistency is important. Um, when people, people can obsess about any of these five, by the way, and think, oh, well, that means I've got to buy new suits. No, that's not my point. The point is how you come across. Now, I'll give you an example. There's one particular guy I was working with, and just in conversation, we talked about his visual impact. And he realized... And I didn't make him feel bad about it. We just talked about it there. He had a fairly random wardrobe. So what he wore each day depended on perhaps the mood he was in when he opened his wardrobe in the morning. Mm -hmm. And like a lot of companies, Fridays was big dress down Friday. So he had a whole set of sloppy clothes that were him. And he was the leader of quite a large team. And I said, it's not everything. It's not the make or break of you as a leader. But... What do you think people might see, consciously, unconsciously? What are they thinking when you turn up in this range of 
if clients are in, you're wearing a really sharp suit. If no clients are in, you look like just any member of the general public. And again, it's not, it's not don't obsess. So the piece he took from that was he suddenly realized for him, just needed to get some consistency. Mm-hmm. And I always say to people, find the consistency that's natural for you or an extension of maybe your quirk. So for him, he decided to get five white shirts. For him, it was white shirts. So he was a white shirt man. Chose his five white shirts. And irrespective of whether it was a dress down day or not, he'd still wear his white, shot, white shirt. Might not wear a tie on those days. But it just brought a degree of consistency and bearing. And, and clearly it affects his presence. And a second point I want to make about that is um, my brand. And obviously, I, have to, I guess I have to be consistent because I talk about it. I've got some uh, suits are important. I, I, lots of my clients are in the, the financial districts in, in the UK and uh, in the US. So it's important, one, that I look. There's a preconceived notion as to how you should look. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not dressing for them, for sure. I'm not saying I'm dressing because I think they I you know, want them to like me. I have chosen some nice suits. When I put them on, and this goes to a point that you, you made a few moments ago, when I put those suits on, it, it, I can almost feel myself stand up straighter. Yeah. And it helps me step into who I am. Not a mask, not artificial. It's, it's, it's the bigger version of me. And I'm consistent. So when people see me, that's that's how they see me. It's funny. One of the things I did this past year is I focused a little bit more on wardrobe as well. I, I know a gentleman by the name of Baron uh, who runs Effortless Gent. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Because he, you know, I, I ran into uh, a friend of mine at WDS last year, or was it this year or last year? I can't remember. But anyway, he he's the guy that runs Nerd Fitness, Steve Cam. And I, and I looked at him, and he's a gym guy. But when he was at the event, he's wearing, like, this nice collared shirt, jeans. He looked really good. I'm like, wow, man, you look great. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I was talking to Baron, And Baron says, you know, like, um, T-shirts and, and, and jeans and stuff are all well and good for, like, social settings. But when I'm in an event like this, I should be wearing something collared and look a little bit more, you know, a little bit more defined, a little bit more presentable. And I thought about that. And this year, when I went to the World Domination Summit, I wore collared shirts. I didn't wear t-shirts and I wore, and as much as it was hot in the summertime and I wanted to wear uh, shorts most of the time, I wore pants and mm-hmm. it changed the perception of what, you know, it, it not, it didn't just change how people looked at me, but also, like you said, it, 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 it felt different when I, when I wore that, it felt different yeah. when I, you know, I mean, when I, it's funny, I actually have, and, and this is, this is a secret that I'm giving away right now, but there are, I have a, a closet in my office and I have a collared shirt in there. And sometimes when I get up in the, I'm not a morning person. Sometimes I'll get up and I have an early morning coaching call. I will come downstairs with my like pajamas on and I will throw the collared shirt over top of my pajama top, which is like a t-shirt. Yeah. And just yeah. and people are like, oh look, he's a, yes, I'm, but because I because it's not just the thing I need to present, but it's also it puts me into that modality, right? It does. It's it's like a, a football team put on their, yeah. their kits, their uniforms, obviously for practical reasons as well. But it's exactly that. It, you step up, you step into who you are yeah. when you put those clothes on. And again, the people listening to this broadly, half of them will go, yeah, I get it. Other half will go. Yeah, but it's not all about the suits you wear. No, no, it's not. If you are a shorts and a Bermuda shirt type person, then that's it. Yep. Find some. And I would always say to people that you know, whatever your quirk is, whatever your brand is, realize it, do it strong, um, and do it obviously, and do it in a controlled way. So don't go too far. When, if, 
don't don't just limit it yeah i guess i mean because it's a brand like you do run the risk i guess of and i mean i know we're focusing particularly on this one i definitely want to get into some more stuff but you don't want to be you don't want to brandify yourself to the point where you get lost in the equation and you become a cliche of yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, all my collared shirts, when I go shopping for them, they have to have a front pocket because I like to put a pen and a notebook in there. That, uh-huh. And so that's a consistency that I look for <laughs> so that I could do that. And people are like, oh, well, you know, you know what if you like this? Yeah, I will. I, there are collared shirts I have that don't have that. But if <laughs> I, if given my druthers, I will do that. And that's a, that's a choice. It's not a, yeah. I'm going to do this because people expect me to have a notebook and thing in my front pocket. No, it's because I want to yeah. have that there. And in order for me to have that convenience, I want to make sure I have that. So, I mean, and again, we're, we're kind of veering a little bit, but I think the point is, is that, you know, I mean, all of these different areas, you know, connection, f- footprint, all that stuff. I mean, they, they play a role in impact, you know, in the impact that yeah. you have. Now, I want to talk to you a bit about going back to your previous work, the simple way. Um, how can complexity affect the impact that you have? Well, it's, it's, it's interesting. The, the simpler things are, the faster things go. Mm-hmm. And that is in terms of message, that in terms of ideas. And I know it's subtleties on words, but complexity happens, complexity grows, um, but complicated is the unhelpful part. Mm-hmm. So it sounds virtually the same, but it's different. Complicated is what slows people down. It's what gives people a headache. It's what causes stress. It's what uh, it's the difference between people around a table. I've observed team meetings where somebody just happens to be particularly analytical or mathematical in the way they think. So they'll lead, they'll, they'll make things complicated in that direction. And the and the more spatial thinkers just don't get it. And complication gets in the way and it breaks communication down. So some of the simplest things in the world move faster. And, and there's some very easy examples. I mean, you take the, when it was first launched, the, the iPod, which just had four buttons. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, that's incredibly simple. And clearly below, underneath the bonnet, underneath the hood, there's there's a whole lot of... T- technology but simplicity leads the way and lots of people when i get in conversation with them have a, re- a desire to simplify their world to simplify the way they engage with people but resist it because there's some hang-ups around simple equals i'm not trying hard enough it's not intelligent enough um and people will think it's it's not good enough there's a wonderful Einstein quote that says things should be as simple as they possibly could be, but not simpler. Right. Yeah, and, that's a great quote. Which, and the more the more I use, I think, yeah, that's oh, yeah, absolutely, that's it. How do you deal with people when they when they come across these that struggle? They're like, well, if we simplify this, then it's too easy, or we're going to miss some steps. Like, how do you deal with people? Because I've come across that too, where it's it's yeah. they, they say, well, if it's too simple, then it's not going to be good enough, and 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 that's a misnomer. Well. Uh, that's that's all part of the dialogue. And the, you know, that, however many dialogues, 5,000 dialogues I've had with people. And sometimes it, it's that. You just presented a, a tennis match type dialogue. Well, I can't simplify it. Well, I said, well, I'm, I'm challenging you to simplify it. How could it be simpler? And it's, and it's having sometimes some business bravery to reduce things down to three 
or even one from the seven, the six, the 11 aspects or whatever it is. You know, in presentation terms, I'd, I'd work with people to just reduce the content of, say, a slide or a slide deck or the number of messages that they're going to make. It's it's a tough step, and sometimes it takes people to do it with a, a coach or a mentor, somebody like me, and there's lots of people like me out there in the world, to, to be with them as they go through the, the simplifying step. But it takes some guts. Now let's let's dive back into some more about impact because I think that there. So you, I mean, and actually, this is this transcends both books as well. Your both your books have like the subtitle like 50, 50 ways to enhance your presence and impact at work. That's that's the the subtitle yeah. for the impact code. And then the simple way is fifty two ideas to find your way through our complex world. There's a commonality yeah. there. You've 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 said here are some specific. You've quantified that. Yeah. Do you find yeah. that quantifying these kind of things helps people? qualify them better so it gives them something to, to tether on to as opposed to this amorphous like okay how can i have impact and i'll read this whole book and maybe pull some things out of it is is that a the deliberate tactic or is it just that's how you think and that's why it's presented in that way it's definitely how i think um but that has perhaps been led and driven by the people i work with the people i'm talking to either on one-to-one or you know speaking at a conference or through the, the readers of my book the people that I'm most often communicating to have got short attention span, low patience thresholds, and are not necessarily consumers in terms of they don't consume a book front to back and sit and over the course of a week or two and munch through a whole book. And I know that. I know the people I work with are time short, but they they want the answer. They're, they're scraping for the answer. So all of the simple notes, the 52 simple notes in simple way and the 50 impact notes, if you like, in the impact code mm-hmm. are all potentially standalone. So if you just open the book randomly and read one, it's it's likely that it will resonate with you and you'll be able to work something through with it. Of course you can read the book from cover to cover. And you'll get something from it. But I always say to people, if you do that, just turn down the, the corner of the pages that really hit the button for you. Let the other ones go past. And I've, I've grouped them. In, in both the books, I group them in a way that people can dip in specifically to the three or four that might be pertinent to where they are right now or the challenge they currently face right now. And as a result, I suppose I've designed or I've... I've unconsciously designed them both to be guidebooks that you carry with you all the time that you dip in and dip out of. And I know particularly the simple way, which has been out uh, two or three years now, the people that have really taken it to heart do take it with them and they will take one simple note and share it with their team at a team meeting. So they get a whole team working on one simple note and that's what they're designed to do. So the nice thing about that is that, like you said, it, it creates, and I think this is this is a good point to, to, to discuss, is that, that you can steer the culture ship slowly, which is a, a quote that I like. You know, mm-hmm. you can slowly make changes because I think that one of the things that freaks people out, especially when they talk about productivity or getting more productive or having more of an impact, is that they feel they have to do it with an all or nothing approach. Like they don't break mm-hmm. it down to the smallest steps. Um, and obviously the way your books are designed they are designed to do exactly that. 
Mm-hmm. How, when you're dealing with somebody or you're dealing with a group or a corporation, because you've spoken for a number of, at a number of events, how do you, what do you recommend they start with? I guess is probably the best way to put it because most people will, will go, okay, well, there's 50 steps in here, 52. What's the one that you think is, is, <laughs> is, and you're like, there's so many. Uh, I mean, yeah. you and I probably have this, but, but have you found that people go, oh, if I start here, it kind of gets the, the ball rolling. Yeah, well, there's probably two or three in a simple way that I would always have uh, that I would talk about mm-hmm. uh, in a conference or, or present to people. But what I'll always try and do before a conference or before an engagement with a team or an individual is try and understand you know, where are they now, what's important right now, what are they challenged by right now, and then I'll find the, the one, two, or three impact notes or simple notes that are really going to hit and work for them straight away. And uh, given the, uh, the amount of time I, I can, when, I, when I'd sign a book at the end of a conference, I would always ask the person, you know, what's the challenge you face right now? And they'd tell me, and, okay, I know exactly which one it was. So hopefully I give them a bit of a especially I mean, personalized book. I'll say, look, you need to read number 17, number 36, and number 5. Hmm. That's the three. Start with those and then read the rest when you can. Um, but if I take, just take one from each, sure. hopefully to answer your book, which is, um, let's take three, yeah, three, three, four, three. Three, four, three is, is perhaps the most often referred to by me from the simple way. And, and three, four, three, apart from being my favorite football formation in soccer terms, uh, it's not about that. Three, four, three notionally talks about the 10 things that you're involved in the 10 aspects of your role the 10 aspects of you mm-hmm. and right now today three four three that's how they're laid out three of them are the essence of you you'll be absolutely brilliant at them and when you're involved in the act of doing those three things time just seems to just drift gently past you don't feel drained you feel energized at the start at the end you have great impact. This is what people talk about behind your back, about these three things. You love doing them. At the other end, you've got the three things that you detest, that you hate. When you're involved in the act of doing them, you'll accept any distraction. You get hacked off. You f- you're a miserable piece of work in the act of doing them and after doing them. You put them off forever, and they accumulate stinky smell. I've got to do those three things. <laughs> and I've seen people that they say, right, I'm going to do it next Friday. I'm going to put the whole Friday out, and I'm going to do my bottom three things, wherever they are. So, of course, that Friday comes around, and they have an awful night's sleep on the Thursday night, and they get into work, and they hate it. They might even be sick. And it's what a waste. What a waste. And the four in the middle are the four that come with the turf. We're not sure yet where they're growing for you to be top or bottom. Right. And my point with 343 is you, your career, your life, your earnings, your success, however you measure it, is a product of how much of your time you spend in the top three, not how quickly or efficiently you sort the bottom three. You will die at the end of your life span with those bottom three things still in the in-tray waiting to be done. So the thing with those is outsource them, pay someone, swap with someone, because the great thing is everybody's 343 is different, but move them on. Spend more time in your top three. Anything you can do to be involved in the essence of you will accelerate everything for you. And that is a simple note. So that's one of them. What's interesting is that I like the fact you've said it's 343 three because I've, I've come across other lists that say identify all the things that you really want to do, the things that you hate doing, 
that are your like your, your essence, the things you hate doing, and then the things that that you know you're not kind of are stuck in the middle. Um, some people say list them all. Mm. I think it's really important that you 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 minimize that to a point because otherwise you run into that paralysis by analysis situation, yeah. right? Where you look at and then you look at all the fifty things that you have, and you're like. Okay, I'm going for a walk, <laughs> or I'm going to go watch. I'm going to go watch Netflix because it, it removes that. It creates. It, here's the thing: is that it creates complications, like we were talking about earlier. It complicates things because now all of a sudden you've added layers that really, you know, don't need. I mean, you can break it down to those. I mean, I as you're talking about, it, I'm like. You know, there are things that that I want to remove from my equation as as moving forward. You know, like the things that I just don't like doing. Yeah. And I mean, we all have them. I mean, the, 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 I I I don't think what you're saying is is um, you'll never have things you don't like doing. But it's important to recognize that you don't like doing them, and then get either get them done because sometimes you do. Some people don't have the resources to to not do them, or just get them out of the way as quickly as possible. Yeah. Deal with them. It's like it, I mean, there's the whole. Brian Tracy talks about eat that frog, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. the funny thing about eat that frog is that get the big task out of the way first. I don't look at it that way. I look at it like get the gross thing that like get move the crap out of the way. I like you know, I like getting all the minutia done mm-hmm. so I can really focus my energy on the big stuff. Do you work that way? Do you do you work where it's like let me focus on my big things? And then get the minutiae out of the way? Or do you say, let me get this minutiae out of the way and give myself this this understanding that once that's out of the way, I can really focus on the big three. And by getting it out of the way, I mean, that could mean assigning it to somebody else. Like, how do you work when it comes to that? Yeah, well, you're right. But, but in the world we now live in, with the volume of stuff that's going on with yeah. the internet and social media, there is, or there are, there's detail that we could spend every day getting through. And people in corporations don't realize that days and months go past and they're still just doing the little things. They're stuck in email. Yeah. They're stuck in these little, yeah, they, they spend all their time there. And I think like relating back to impact, I mean, everyone's going to work a little bit differently. I know some people like to get those big, like success oriented tasks done first because then they can have the most impact with them and then they can deal with all the crap later. Yeah. Whereas I work the opposite way. I need to get the crap out of the way first to know that there's, that's why I'm a night owl, I guess, because I know that when the kids go to bed, uh, if they wake up at one in the morning or midnight or 11 o'clock and they say, dad, can I get up? I'm like, no, if I'm a morning person, the exact opposite mm-hmm, would happen. I'd be mm-hmm. like, well, okay, get up. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's very personal, but I, I so, so back to your point, you know, I mean, you're saying, you know, like, yeah, we have so many, so many things coming up, so much input. So sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but I thought That's it was okay. just an important distinction. It is. And everybody has their own way. And and I would say there'll be some ideas. And the whole point about Simple and the Impact Code is there'll be a piece in there. There'll be a note in there that will hit and resonate for you. There's there's notes in there for people who get stuck. And the, the whole thing, I get the Brian Tracy piece and there's a, there's a split there. If you've got lots of the bottom three as i would say in three four three terms to get through mm-hmm. um do what you love and love what you do which is another note i've written about that's an impact code which yep. is spend time doing things that you love doing or all the other stuff learn how to love doing those things whatever that might mean for you find a new way uh, reward yourself have a cup of coffee after every 15 minutes i don't know whatever might be right for you but Find a new way of shifting your attitude, and Brian Tracy will talk about it too. Shift your attitude when you're in the act of those other things. Don't make them miserable. So if anything falls outside of doing what you love or loving what you do, you've not finished. 
there should only be one or the other. That's the only two options. Yeah. Um, the other one, in terms of just like eat that frog, is is start the difficult thing early, and I get that. For me, the way I work is I am a, a professional procrastinator. Uh, I'm really, really good at it. You put the pro in procrastinating. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but I still, I'm still very productive. I, I, Sa- and people same. say, yeah, yeah. Well, how do you do that? Well, I'm not sure. And I, uh, because I do what I do, I probably overly study and overly think about what I do. But sometimes I'm getting myself ready, and it might be, as you say, clear the, the crap away just to allow me to breathe deep and then really go for it. I put mm-hmm. off, for example, there's a piece of writing I need to do. I will put that off for days, and then I, you know, I'm teasing myself with, oh, you know, is it today? Is it today? Is it today? And I'll create the right environment. It might be getting the minutiae done first. So everybody has a way of working. It's interesting as you're talking about this. There's a couple things I definitely need to do as we're as we're, and I'm like, you know, the thing is, is you can there's a, and Pressfield talks about the resistance and and you know Seth Godin talks about the lizard brain and all mm-hmm. that stuff. We all fight this battle, mm-hmm. and that's the interest. I mean, most people when they when we when we talk about this kind of stuff, they assume that we've got it all figured out. Yeah. We have frameworks in place that allow us to, um, not. Uh, allow us to move things forward even when we don't have things mm-hmm. figured out mm-hmm. right and i think that that's an important distinction is that you know i mean the reason that that we have impact the reason you have impact the reason that your work has impact isn't because you you have it down pat it's that you have your framework down pat and you have your systems down pat that allow you to have l- a less friction and less uh decision fatigue to worry about when it's time to you know you know step up to the plate yeah. right and i stopped beating myself up a long yeah. time ago because you, when we don't follow through on things and get stuff done we are not bad and we are not odd it's almost a human trait to not get on sometimes because our brain is scouring for more either more information or we're not sure or there's other options and depending on who you are some people are taking in even more than they need to other people will naturally just a little bit more black and white and we'll just get on and you know we all have our style. And you say about your framework or your template, it's it's about that's the way I work. I'm not beating myself up. I will get stuff done. And the, the reason I will get stuff done is much much. I've hardly got. Well, I'm, I'm bound to have stuff in my life. Back to three, four, three. Those bottom three things that I detest and I hated, I kept cleansing the three, four, three, so that my, my daily productive work life is more often to do with the things that I'm brilliant at or the things that come with the turf of, of running my business and doing what I do. That's okay. I'm neither happy nor sad. They're okay. They're middling. And I, there's hardly anything in my work week that drains the guts out of me because I 343 it. I'm either paying someone else to do it or I've automated it or I don't do it or I found another way of doing it. And it makes such a difference. I think that's a great way to end off. Simon, where can people find you uh, online and where can they get your book? Books, Best way both books, is actually. <laughs> books. The Impact Code is available widely on all the online uh, shops, as is the simple way. Um, and in, in, in some retailers across both sides of, of the Atlantic, you can find me on www.simontyler.com. 
and all of the conventional things like LinkedIn and Twitter. Simply Simon T is my Twitter handle. So all those things are out there that people can find me. This has been a great chat. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with me today. Mike, thank you so much as well. Enjoyed it. Thank you. There you have it. You can go to simontyler.com to learn more about Simon and buy his book. You know, you want to start off 2016 making an impact, then the impact code is going to help you with that. So I would strongly encourage you to check it out, as well as any others that are from that print. Uh, you know, Ben Elijah, uh, who did the Productivity Habits, his book is from the same publisher. You can kind of tell from the covers that they're, they're trying to create some unilateral branding, which I think is really cool. And Simon, thanks so much for joining me on the show. I know we, we talked a few months back, but I felt that this one was 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 evergreen and could go at any time of year. So this this was a gift to all of you who are listening to the show. Uh, and of course, we've got great guests coming up in the future. Uh, next week's guest is particularly, I'm, I'm really excited to start off 2016 with my next guest. And you'll, you'll learn about that next week. I hope you'll subscribe. And if you want to get more episodes and hear my voice more often than, than you are now, then I encourage you to become a Patreon supporter of the podcast. Head over to patreon.com slash productivityist. There are a ton of perks there. There are bonus episodes that you can have. There's video. There's all that stuff and uh, loads more. So I encourage you to join me there. And, you know, it is the season for giving, right? So there you go. That that is that reason enough to head over there? Uh, <laughs> anyway, I want to wish all of you a happy holiday season. And we are we are going like this is this is yeah Christmas Day this is released and New Year's Day there's gonna be another one there's no no rest for the wicked uh, here uh, when it comes to the Productivity Podcast so until next week I am your host Mike Barty reminding you to stop guessing and start going happy holidays. Mm-hmm.